0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Genesis chapter 3. And I really appreciate the Holy Spirit leading Emmanuel to stay in our um, focus for these months uh, as we talk about the truth. And uh, I want you to see uh, the first few verses we hear what we read every week, and that is that God had spoken to Adam and Eve and given them blessing. He'd given them dominion as long as they partnered with him. As long as there was intimacy, there was dominion. As long as there was submission and partnership, there was dominion. But we see in verse 4 and 5 that intimacy and partnership was not enough for them. They believed a lie. And when they got out of submission and intimacy, they lost dominion. I said, when they got off of intimacy and submission, they lost dominion how many times do i lose dominion and get all caught up in anxiety and worry and fear when i get out of intimacy with the lord and i start focusing on my circumstances sound familiar how many times do i get into irritation and aggravation when i start focusing on other people and their choices and i drift away from intimacy with the lord and submission to him. How often is it that I begin to act out of somebody that I'm not when I lose intimacy with the Lord and I begin to act as if I'm responsible for my own life instead of partnering with the Lord? How often do you worry about your financial future when you stop and, and start believing the lie that your financial future is based on what you can accumulate instead on your, of on your intimacy in partnership with the Father who is your provision. And uh, how long has it been since we've just focused on intimacy with the Lord? And notice... As we said in all these weeks, and we said to us so wonderfully last week, that it all begins with believing a lie. The serpent, verse 4, said to the woman, you will not surely die if you eat this fruit. God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, the truth is, Eve, that God is withholding something good from you. The truth is, Eve, he really doesn't love you enough to give you what's best. The truth is, he doesn't really want you to know what he knows. And so, as Adam and Eve begin to believe that lie, they begin to act as if they were sovereign. Intimacy and submission and dominion wasn't enough anymore. They wanted dominion without intimacy and without submission. And so when they begin to believe the lie, remember, we've been talking about this for nine weeks, what happened? As they begin to act in that pride, they begin to operate out of fear. They immediately begin to hide themselves from the one who was pursuing them. He wasn't pursuing them to beat them up, he was pursuing them to love them back into that place of submission and intimacy. Somebody says, well, God ran them out of the garden only to keep them from living in a perpetual state of a broken life. And remember, he left with them. He clothed them. He spoke to them. He continued. He didn't withdraw his love because of their sin. Regardless of the incredible damage that they did, which we receive from even today. We're born with the nature, the spiritual DNA of Adam and Eve. Regardless of that incredible damage, the Father pursued. He pursued. He didn't withdraw His love. The lie was, now that we've disobeyed All he wants to do is discipline us and beat us. And they begin to believe what they sensed with their their feelings. And they, they ran in fear and they hid in shame. We talked about how last time that I spoke, we talked about the spirit of rejection. We talked about how Adam and Eve's retreat was far more than just in their own human feelings feeling unplugged from the life of God. It was also hooking up with the influence of the evil one, the father of rejection. Remember what we've been studying all along, John 8, 44, for the devil is a liar and the father of lies. You can only, only be defeated if you believe lies. You and your own personal journey with the Lord can only be defeated if you believe lies, lies about your father and lies about you and who you are in your father. That's the source of all of our defeat, believing a lie about him and a lie about you. What we found out is that when they bought into this lie, far more than just rejection, they came under the influence of the spirit of rejection. I talked to you two weeks ago about how Scripture is clear that we're physically born spiritually dead. Romans 5 makes it clear that we are born with the spiritual DNA of Adam and Eve. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that we used to walk under the influence of the prince of the power of the air, that we were sons and daughters of wrath. So when we are physically born, we're born with the spiritual DNA of our spiritual forefathers passed down through physical birth. What does that mean? As we said last week, there are certain spiritual traits that you inherit from those who have preceded you. Why is that so hard to believe? If I were to say to you, you were born with some of your mom and dad's DNA, you would say, well, every fool knows that, Pastor. Pastor. Why is it so hard for us to believe that there are certain spiritual genetics, certain spiritual tendencies that are passed down when we're physically entered into this world through physical birth? And until we are reborn by faith, until we're reborn and the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us, we don't have the power to overcome our spiritual genetics. One of the great things about being reborn is that the Holy Spirit has now put the life of God in you. And that life of God is greater than anything that might have been passed down through you or anything you may have accessed by your own choice. Sometimes our brokenness is passive, we receive it from those who've lived before us, and sometimes it's active. We choose to think that way. We choose to believe that way. We choose to act that way and feel that way. And so our brokenness can come from both of those arenas. You say, I don't know about that, Pastor. I don't know whether or not this spirit of rejection can come and, and be genetically passed down and have to be dealt with. How far do I have to go in the Bible? Five chapters? You ever heard of Cain? You ever heard of Abel, Adam and Eve's boys? I know they had Seth too, from whom the bloodline of the Lord Jesus. Cain was incredibly jealous of his brother Abel. And Cain felt like it's out of my own desire, my own will, my own. I am the reason why I exist and why I can succeed, and out of incredible jealousy toward his own brother, he killed him. You don't think the spirit of rejection can be passed down? You don't believe the Bible. So I ask you today, have you, like me, come under the influence of the spirit of rejection and have never personally confronted it, and taken authority over it. We started that journey two weeks ago. And I want to say to all of you who may have missed series this summer, the Spirit of God has given revelation. And I'm encouraging you to go back, whether you're driving in your car or walking or whatever, and get hold of these messages. Don't let the devil get you diverted and keep you from hearing this truth. And it's not because it came from me. It's because it came from him. He wants you to be free. Spirit of rejection. We're sometimes born with. You say, well, Pastor, how in the world did that happen? I want to say what I briefly uh, said last time, and that is, Understand how you are spiritually created in the image and likeness of God. Understand that you are, everybody say this with me. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. You get it? You're threefold. Your spirit and your soul are inseparable. They are part of that spiritual part of you. They are inseparable, but they are distinguishable. The soul is not the spirit, and the spirit is not the soul, but you can't separate them because they're part of that spiritual part of you that's going to live forever. You say, you're getting a little too deep. You don't need to go to your grandma's Sunday school class and hear the same thing every time. We've got to learn some stuff. Your spirit, heart in the New Testament, your spirit is where the Holy Spirit has come to live on the inside of you. Understand and and think of it like this. Your spirit is the control room of, let's call your spiritual man a house. Your spirit is the control room, that living room, that place where the Holy Spirit came to live in you when you, by faith, trusted the grace of God and received Jesus as your Lord. But you know, there are other rooms in that house. Let's call that your soul. There's kitchens and dens and bedrooms and bathrooms and closets and basements. And understand this, that your, your soul is made up of your mind, what you think with, what you process stimuli from your physical brain with, your eyes, your ears, you, you with me? Your, your soul is your mind, it is your will, your volition, how you choose. And it is your emotions, how you feel and respond Emotionally to things. So, in those closets, in those basements, in those other rooms that are outside the control room, they can have access to and influence from something other than the Spirit of God. Other people can hurt and shame, other people can disappoint you can begin to have fear in certain rooms. Your spirit man don't fear a thing. Your your spirit man is full of the love of God. The the love of God's been poured out in your heart, your spirit, by the Holy Spirit. and perfect love casts out fear. Your spirit man don't fear a thing, but your soul has access to all these what ifs. Your, Your soul, rather, has access to your mind has access to what-ifs, and you, you have memories and regrets and all kind of things in your mind, will, and emotions in these other rooms of your spiritual house. And our problem is that we don't allow the control room to, to take over and expose those other areas where there are competing thoughts and ideas. Jealousy and fear and anger and pride and lust and all kind of things begin to live in these secret rooms of what is our inner man, our our soul. No wonder what we've been studying is what Jesus said, if you abide in my word, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Because you see, the Holy Spirit will take the truth and he will call out, fear and worry and shame and anxiety and rejection. He will call out those things to be dealt with in the truth of the light of the Spirit and the truth of God. And there's always more light, there's more power in light than there is darkness. So if you're having a lot of struggles today, you ought to lift up your head and rejoice because the Holy Spirit is calling you to bring those things into the light and to deal with them out of the grace of God. God wants you to be promoted and to have a new level of freedom so that you are not continued to be bound by these old things. And when these things come to the surface, listen, it's a good thing for these things to come to the surface. It's painful. We don't like it. We run from it. We cry out for resolution of it. But let me ask you something today. What are you holding on to most tightly? No, no, answer the question. What are you holding on to most tightly? You just, you can't give that up. What are you holding on to most tightly? Is it your job? Is it your income? Is it whether or not people like you? Is it your children or grandchildren and the choices they make? Is it a spouse? Is it a house? Is it your health? What is it that you just, can't, you just feel like you cannot let go of this? Whatever you and I are holding on to most tightly is eventually going to become the issue where we experience a trial that is going to make us come to grips with where our security is. And that is no fun. Whatever I'm holding on to most tightly, I will eventually have to deal with it because God loves me so much that he doesn't want me to have a false sense of security. He's got to get out there in the open where I can deal with it. Can I tell you something? There is nothing you have to deal with that is greater than the grace of God. Your Father loves you. He's for you. He's got every resource available to you to break every chain or grip of bondage that might be in your soul. He's for you. And sometimes sometimes what we're going through lasts so long and is so deeply painful that we can even reach a point to where Not only do we believe that that he's all we've got to hang on to, but sometimes it can be so long and so painful that we can reach a point to where we even really wonder if what he told us was actually the truth. And that's the time. That's the time. When all your information is under attack, when all your dreams are in the trash, that's the time when you've got to decide by the grace of God to trust His character his faithfulness when you don't understand I don't even know why God gave me those two things to say today but they're for somebody I have lived them and still live them myself. So obviously our soul can have information in it that we've put in there or allowed in there or else has even been put in there when we were physically born because your spirit man is born again as it'll ever be but your soul is under renovation. Your mind, your will, your emotion is under renovation. Romans 12:2 Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. The word there literally means be being renovated by the renewing of your mind. And in the renovation process, some old things have to be torn out. As Emmanuel explained to us last week in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, there are strongholds in these rooms in our spiritual being called our soul. They are made up. They are a collection of thoughts that resist the truth. He said it beautifully. They are a collection of thoughts that resist the truth. And we, we've, look, church, would you please join me? I am on a journey now where I'm asking the Lord constantly, Lord, show me any area where I'm believing something that is not true. Show me, Lord, those areas where the light of the truth is not shown yet. Show me, Lord, any area that I've got to deal with, knowing that I'm going to win if I deal with it. If you hide it and run from it, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. There's no way because the devil thrives in darkness. If you will come out into the, the surface with it, if you will say, Lord, I want you to expose those areas of, out of your love. God is exposing them out of his love for you. He is unwilling for you to keep going on in this brokenness and bondage. So come before the Lord and say, help me to know, Lord. Show me what it is. Show me what that. And look, don't be afraid to get involved in the journey, those that the Lord has already assigned to help you. Medicine is not sin. Doctors are not sin. Counselors are not sin. Are you listening to me? Pastors can't cover you if they don't know what's going on. I can't cover you if I can't find you. That nucleus of people in your life that you trust, that two or three that you can tell anything and they'll love you just the same. Don't try to hide everything. You're not going to succeed by yourself. If you could have figured it out on your own, you'd already done it. Amen? God loves you. He wants you to, to come out into that light and have that, that brought that spirit of rejection broken off of you and all brokenness. So as we said two weeks ago, you've got to make a bold stand. And it involves what you believe in your heart and what you confess with your mouth. You did not even get saved unless you believe something and confess something. Romans 10 is very clear about that. What you believe in your heart and what you confess with your mouth. Is it the truth? Or are you telling yourself the truth? And it has to be an ongoing, perpetual experience. Well, pastor, how would I know if the spirit of rejection is if I'm having to deal with it? As Emmanuel said last week, sometimes you can find out whether or not you have a stronghold by whether or not you're defensive all the time. Are you real defensive? It might be you're so afraid of being rejected that you got to be defensive because God forbid you should be wrong Because if you were wrong, you might be rejected. Are you constantly giving internal energy toward impressing people when they don't even know it, but you are constantly striving in your inner man to impress people because way down deep, The source of your security is how you're perceived by others, not your Father and how He loves you. Oops. You may have the spirit of rejection in operation if you're constantly imagining or projecting what other people are thinking about you. Do you know what? most people are not thinking about you nearly as much as you think they are. I'm not going to use a vulgar word, but they could care less. Isn't that right? And so we're constantly thinking or imagining or projecting what somebody else is thinking, and we're carrying on this inner conversation in our mind And the truth is it's all based on lies and it's based on our fear of being rejected because if they don't think what I'm thinking or if I can't control what they're thinking about me, I'll be rejected. This is not funny. This is real. I've experienced this and I'll bet others, if you're honest, have have as well. You may have the spirit of rejection in operation if you're constantly trying, striving to please other people because you feel like if you can't please them, then somehow you failed, and if you failed, then you may be rejected. You may have the spirit of rejection if you're constantly trying to fix those closest to you because if you can't fix them, if you can't control their choices, then you will look like a failure because after all, they're your children or your employees or your... Are you with me? It's a, And I have such a spirit. Sometimes I feel like that I'm on this earth to make other people happy. And that is probably evidence that the spirit of rejection is at work. Because the truth is you are not capable of even making yourself happy. It is that ongoing energy that wears us out. And sooner or later, I don't know about you, but sooner or later, if I'm operating under the spirit of rejection, sooner or later I have explosive anger when things, when I can't control or fix things. I respond in explosive anger. I may have, I may be under the influence of the spirit of rejection if that's what happens to me. And eventually, if I constantly deal with the spirit of rejection and I never deal with it if, it, if I never stop its work in my life under the authority of the Word of God, if I, if I don't stop telling myself lies about the Father and about me, if I don't start believing the truth and expressing the truth as an expert, as an explanation and, a, and an exclamation of my faith, if I don't believe and speak, if I don't stop that cycle, if I don't dismiss that demon in the name of Jesus and under his authority and his word, I eventually resign. I just give up. I don't want to live anymore because I'm so weary of trying to fix thic- all the energy I have to expend to do that. wears me out and I'm done. Can anybody agree with me on that? So let's deal with it. Let's cry out to God every day. Lord, give me greater revelation of the love of God and the grace. you know what God's grace is? Yes, it's unmerited favor, but it's also God's ability. If you're dealing with a spirit of rejection, you are not going to succeed alone. You've got to call out for and believe and accept the grace of God. Ask Him for revelation for it. His grace. I lived under bondage, and Dean and I both in condemnation of the religious mind for years and years and years, and finally we heard the truth that God loved us just the way we were. That God had given us the gift of righteousness, and then as far as He was concerned, we were in Christ, and when He saw us, He had to see Jesus. that we were holy and righteous and blameless and loved and forgiven. and when we by faith received, just received the gift of righteousness, it changed our lives, it changed our ministry, it changed our family, it changed everything. Romans 5:17. Those who receive, just take by faith, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. It's God's ability, not yours. Receive it. Walk in it. How does this affect other people? And I want to close with this. Deborah, if you can... In just a second, Wayne, somebody, I want you to put up something in just a minute. At the back of your outline, how does this affect other people when we don't accept? Is everybody listening to me? Look, Look at me for just a minute. If you don't deal with the spirit of rejection, you may have started as a victim, but if you don't deal with it, you will become a perpetrator. You may have gotten it from mom and them, but if you don't deal with it, you will pass it along. Everybody, put everything down right now. Put it down. I want you to hear this. You may have been a victim, but if you don't deal with it, you'll become a perpetrator. Do you want to pass along something that deeply damaging to other people? When we deal with it, we can come to that point where we recognize that our Father accepts us perfectly, that we can accept everybody else. I've written something here that Dina showed me out of a publication By the way, this is my own words. One reason we don't accept people for who they are is because we secretly want them to be who we want them to be. May God have mercy on us for that. That's acting sovereign, and only God can act sovereign. When I let go of who I wanted you to be and just let you be, you completely flourished. And I reveled in the knowledge that you're perfect just the way you are. But I want you to understand this as it relates to other people. God is trying to tell a story through Emmanuel. God is trying to tell a story through Daniel, Josh, Cheryl. God is trying to tell a story through Tom. God is trying to tell a story. why would you or i want to intervene in the story god is trying to tell and write our own story we have no right we have no right let us not become perpetrators of the spirit of rejection god trying to tell a story through that child you have that is causing you so much pain and struggle yes, love, yes, encourage, yes, pray for, yes, correct if you need to or when you need to and how you need to. But remember, this is their story. God is trying to tell this story through him, through her. God was trying to tell a story through a man we affectionately call the man of war. Our son that we had for 18 years, that was his nickname. And he, he got it because in his struggles at one point the enemy tried to take him out prematurely. And God brought me to the passage in Exodus that said, our God is a man of war. Never known a warrior like this man. It was the most difficult thing I can't tell you. Words can't describe the difficulty of having to release your only child. I can't tell you how it affected and still affects our lives every day. But I want you to know something. You don't own anybody. You can't fix anybody. And God is trying to tell a story through them. For those of you who never knew Bryant Franklin, the Lord released him on August the 3rd of twenty. of 03, from an earthly battle to a heavenly warrior. He was a man of war, and I know in my spirit, with the witness of the Holy Spirit, that he is about an assignment that is too holy for the Father to share with me at this time the great Donnie Finley I wish Donnie was here today the great Donnie Finley who did not know Bryant but took photos of him as a small child and age age aged them To give us a resemblance that we shall never forget. Why am I trying to tell you that? God is trying to tell a story through your children. It's It's not yours. 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 God is telling a story through your children. And he who began that good work will be faithful to complete it. Don't allow a spirit of control or rejection come to deal with it. Ask for greater revelation of the love of God. Bring them before the Father. Recognize his ownership in your stewardship. Not the other way around. The Lord God is at work to tell a story, and you know what? It's an eternal story. Doesn't end. It doesn't end when they leave us. It's an eternal story. It's an eternal story. Would you bow your heads with me? The Holy Spirit today has revealed to you that there are areas in that spiritual house of yours, in some room where, like you, like me, we're still believing things that are not true. Would you ask the Lord as enjoin me on this journey to say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me those areas in my mind, those areas in my life where I'm believing what's not true. Now don't be be discouraged if they're pretty painful. God wants you to be free. Show me any areas, Holy Spirit, where you don't have access to certain rooms in that spiritual house of mine I want to know with all my heart, I want to live and walk in the freedom of your spirit. If I abide in your word, I will know the truth, and that truth will set me free. Show me those areas where I'm not abiding in your word. And Lord, on the authority of the word of God, I hereby declare that the spirit of rejection has no more rights in my life. That book starts, stops right here. I declare, I want you to say this with me. I hereby declare that the spirit of rejection has no influence in my life. And I hereby declare that all of those that are under my influence my family, my, my job, all of those who are under my influence are free. From the spirit of rejection, Lord Jesus, set families free. Set your precious children under the sound of my voice free today. In the precious and holy name of Jesus. Hope you've had a lot to think and meditate on this week. I can't wait to get back here with you next Sunday. What a great time we're going to have. Please come and bring somebody with you. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.